Welcome back to the Double Trouble Podcast. Well, it's been like a little over a week since the last episode. Like I said, in the playoffs, episodes are coming at you probably once a week. And a lot to talk about in this episode. This may be one of the longer ones. A lot has went on in the NBA. So in this one, I'll be uh, previewing the second round. Talking about some coach firings and hirings in the NBA. And talking about Mavs Clippers Game 7, which will take place tomorrow. Um, No NFL in this episode. I don't believe there's just nothing important enough going on right now for me to talk about. So we'll see an all-NBA episode for Double Trouble Podcast. And we'll start with Mavs Clippers Game 7. Yesterday, they played Game 6. Um... And that was a great game. Um, I've t- had a couple takeaways from that game. One, it's interesting, the Boba Marjanovic decision. Because they start Boba Marjanovic to complement with the Clippers' small ball, but they don't trust the Boba Marjanovic lineup enough to play within the last two minutes. As you saw Willie Collins Stein come back, come in, and Boban didn't come back in after that. And you saw no Christos Porzingis. In the last two minutes, which was very interesting from Dallas. I didn't expect that. Christoph Porzingis had been playing in a clutch last few games. He had been a shot-making clutch. He came back with like a minute left. But like for most of the fourth quarter, that late, like three minutes, two minutes, he wasn't in the game. And really, Kawhi Leonard just took over. He was like, he had uh, I'm not going home type of performance. Um, He wasn't going to allow his team to lose to the Mavericks. And he forced game seven. Luka Doncic, I didn't like how he was playing in the fourth quarter, I felt like he was being unaggressive, passing too much when the Clippers could not stop Luka Doncic driving to the rim. They've made that clear, but he's um he's settling for step back threes and step back jumpers way too much. When I'm I'm I know he's good at driving to the rim. He can draw fouls, but maybe he's not confident in his free throw shooting. And that could be a whole thing. But he's driving, he's passing out a lot, he's taking those step back threes, which they go in sometimes. But it is just not a... I don't think it's an efficient shot for Luka Doncic. When it goes in, it's very fun to watch. But I've seen him take it so much this series. And the success rate doesn't seem that high for him to be taking at least like three of those per quarter. So yeah, the Max played a good game. They held the Clippers to the end. They took the lead, lost the lead. And then Kawhi just took over late fourth. And what was annoying to me about the way the Mavericks were playing Kawhi is they would refuse to double. Kawhi, right? Um, so Kawhi would like they Kawhi would get a switch on like Tim Hardaway, Dorian Finney Smith, and they wouldn't bring help. Like he just step back over Dorian Finney Smith and hit that jumper, hit a three, maybe drive. It happened again and again and again, and the Mavericks did nothing to stop it, which I didn't like. So yeah, you just gotta make some changes for Game Seven, and this is a hard game to predict as the Mavericks. Um, no team in this series has won a game at home. The Mavericks are on the road. The Clippers have not won a game in Staples. The Mavericks have not won a game in Dallas. And we get game seven. I'm going to Clippers to win this game. I love the Mavericks. I love Luka Doncic. I think the Mavericks can win this game if they win this game. I wouldn't come here shocked. But I just think what happened last year, losing game seven, second round, um, I think to go lose game seven again after ducking the Lakers, the Lakers go out, you 
I mean, the Clippers, by personnel, they look like the best team in the West. This is probably the best road to the finals they're going to get with Kawhi and PG together. This road has cleared out for them. One game to the finals against a team that you can beat, though you haven't beat them at home, beat them last year, um, and you can you know you can beat them. So with that, I just can't see the Clippers going and losing, especially because the Mavericks have not been able to consistently defend Kawhi Leonard. He's had 40-point games, had a 40-point game, 35-point games. Um... And until I see more from the Mavericks defensively, until I see more changes for the Mavericks coaching-wise, um, and Boban Marjanovic was getting offensive rebounds and missing shots. Like, I don't know if they stay with the Boban Marjanovic lineup. I just It's just so much question marks for Dallas for me that make me pick the Clippers to win this game. But if I came back and Dallas won that game, I would not be surprised. But I would pick the Clippers on Sunday. So, before we get into second-round predictions, I want to talk about the coach firings or um, move-ups we've seen. So, what started everything, the Celtics, um, Danny Ainge retires in a shocking turn of events um, after they lose 4-1 to Boston. Danny Ainge calls it a career. Um, well, I don't entirely know if he stepped down or retired. I've seen both words. If he stepped down, that means that he could go to another team. If he retired, then that means he's done. But didn't Daryl Morey retire? And then he went to the Sixers, so I don't know. I'm pretty sure he's retired, but I, I'm not entirely sure. So Brad Stevens moves up to the GM role, which is very interesting. Um, Coaches move up to the GM. Like, that's not something we've seen that much, but it's not something that we've never seen either. Um, If they trust Brad Stevens to do a better job in the GM, to do a good job in the GM even. When you learn from Danny Ainge, I mean, this wasn't something that just came out of the blue. It was something they've been discussing for years. So when learning from Danny Ainge, who was a good general manager for Boston, and I'm seeing a lot of people act like he wasn't, and it's crazy to me. He made the conference finals multiple times, won a championship, formed formed the big three of Kevin Garnett, Ray Allen, and Paul Pierce. Yes, there were trades like a Miles Turner trade that he didn't pull the trigger on. He lost Gordon Hayward for nothing. Lost Kyrie Irving and would have rather had Kemba Walker. But he also drafted Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, Marcus Smart. Like, he got that team together. And even if they don't win a championship, they did get to the conference finals. They were two games away from being in the NBA finals. And he won a championship with that team. I don't see... How it's even, like, talked about how Danny Ainge did not have a successful tenure as GM. Anyway, a whole different conversation. Danny Ainge steps down, Brad Stevens moves up. And I'm interested to see what Brad Stevens does as a GM, but I can't make any predictions. But what I mainly um want to talk about is the coaching spot. The coaching spot is open for the Boston Celtics. And they have a couple of guys they're looking at. Jason Kidd. Um, Lloyd Pierce. I've seen a few names thrown around for the Celtics position. They've been interviewing assistant coaches. Um, I think, and there's three spots open. I'm going to talk about the other two. Actually, let's segue into that right now. So, shortly after, um, I think yesterday, the Blazers' fire Terry Stotts 
listen, to be quite frank, everyone expected that. That wasn't a shock to anyone. <laughs> Maybe that's a shock to Damian Lillard, who apparently loves Terry Stotts. But besides that, nobody nobody really was in shock of them firing Terry Stotts. It was a deserved firing. Terry Stotts had not been a good coach for the Portland Trailblazers. And the defense. And I don't... It's, it is Terry Stotts' fault. I'm not going to say it's not Terry Stotts' fault. The Blazers have been bad defensively for near a decade. They've been bad defensively even from the Brandon Roy days. This team just isn't good defensively. And I think it's that's mainly... Terry Stotts not a defensive coach. He's not a defensive-minded coach. The Blazers' defensive schemes it, are just bad. It's not like they don't have guys that... At least some teams, you like you look at teams and like they're not trying on defense. The Blazers try... But the defensive schemes just aren't good. Um, playing in Nuggets, leaving guys like Austin Rivers, MPJ open for three, again and again. Um, and I think the Blazers team reached their height when they went to the conference finals and were swept by the Warriors without Kevin Durant. The Warriors, without Kevin Durant, couldn't pick up a single game. That was the peak of Portland to me. And now, maybe I'd give it one more year, but Dame will not be a Blazer within the next three seasons to me. Maybe he gets traded this offseason, maybe next offseason. But CJ McCollum, definitely, I don't think he plays another game as a Blazer. I don't think CJ McCollum plays another game as a Blazer. If it's CJ for picks or a forward or something, but to see how bad this team was defensively, to go out another year with that small backcourt would not make sense to me. Guys like Yusuf Nurkic, I don't know if he's there next year. Melo, I don't know. They traded three first-round picks for Robert Covington and hoped that that would improve their defense. And it didn't. They were just as bad. So, yeah. Um, Portland fired Terry Stotts. And Portland um, are looking at Jason Kidd. As well, I believe. And Damian Lillard has said Jason Kidd is the guy he wants. Now, I'll speak for Jason Kidd in both spots. Jason Kidd is interesting because he wasn't a terrible coach for the Bucks. Bucks fans will make it seem about like that, but no. He brought that team to the playoffs when they weren't good. And then, but like the Bucks team, Jason Kidd was not a championship coach. He was a coach that get, that got you there but not good enough to get over the hump. And that wasn't good enough for the Bucks. Um, reasonably so. So they fired him. He went to the Lakers as an assistant. And I think that was a good change for him. I think he's going to be better than he was in Milwaukee. Like, to be... If you look at Jason Kidd's situation in Milwaukee, you had this kid in Milwaukee, Giannis, who didn't have any weight on him yet. Really, I mean, people say Jason Kidd broke Giannis's jump shot, um, but Giannis was just a rare product that I don't think not many coaches would have known how to handle, and Jason Kidd didn't know how to handle Giannis, and that was like the main reason he got fired. He was not the best coach for Giannis's development, though Giannis, I believe, liked him as a coach. He had Giannis playing point guard, shooting guard. He just didn't know what to do with him, really. But Mike Budenholzer. Did better, and there you go. 
Season King goes to LA as assistant coach. Um, wins a championship first year. Second year, we don't want to talk about what just happened to the Lakers. We'll get into that a bit later. Um, but yeah, second year, goes to the Lakers. They lose the first round. But first year, they won a championship. I think he'll be better than he was in Milwaukee. I think he'll be a decent head coach. But he was a decent head coach in the Bucks. Like, I don't think... He's going to be considerably better than he was on Milwaukee. I don't think he's going to take a bad team over the hump. But I think he's a viable replacement for Portland. It can't get much worse than Terry Stotts. And also, if you guys, if you think about it, the Bucks' defense was not bad with Jason Kidd under head, as their head coach. Um, the Blazers need a defensive-centered head coach. Um, and Jason Kidd's not a bad option. And... Let's go to the other team that fired the head coach. This just happened a few hours ago. The Magic fired Steve Clifford. And this was pretty expected to me. Steve Clifford, I mean, Steve Clifford hasn't been a bad coach. The last three seasons, he's had two playoff seasons. Um, eight seed and seven seed out in the first round. But before the Magic blew it all up, he was a fine coach. I don't know if he'll get a head coaching job. I think maybe the Blazers should interview him. Maybe Celtics should interview him. Um, and who's next to the Magic head coach? They said they're looking at Terry Stotts, which I, I don't know why the Magic are doing that. I, man, I don't even know. But Magic said they're looking at Terry Stotts. Um, I've seen Celtics fans telling the Celtics to hire Paul Pierce. But I don't really know. Like, I, There's guys available, main guys, Jason Kidd, Lloyd Pierce, Terry Stotts. And Steve Clifford will not be available. Um, but um, this not I wouldn't say she's under the radar. But if I was these teams, uh, number one person I'd be looking at is Becky, Becky Hammond. Becky Hammond deserves a head coaching job in the NBA to me. Um, the job she's done on the Spurs as an assistant has been exceptional. I'm pretty sure she's gotten the college, um, office from colleges, which she declined. He wants to be a head coach in the NBA. And whether it's as the successor to Greg Popovich, once he retires, and that's maybe maybe she's not taking interviews because she'd rather have that position. But Becky Hammond, sooner or later, should be a head coach in the NBA. And also, um, the Pacers, Nate Bajorkin, maybe may, could be fired as well. I don't know the entire situation with that, but they're monitoring these head coaching open head coach openings. So, there's that. Um, but yeah, I'll if a head coach does get hired, if more do get fired, I'll talk about it. But that's it for the head coach and stuff. Let's get into second round predictions, and we'll start with the series starting the night. Bucks Nets. I do want the Bucks to take out the Nets because I just think that would make for a more even finals. And we'll get into the Sixers situation in a second. But I don't know what's going on with that. I would not be feeling the best if I'm a Sixers fan. Anyway, um, Bucks Nets will be an interesting series. I think this is going to be the best series of the second round. Maybe the best series we see all playoffs. These are two great teams. Whenever they've played in the regular season, we've seen great series. Um, I have this going to six. I I have this going to six, and I have the Buc- I have the Nets in six. I had the Lakers winning the championship before. Um, but with their injuries, they went outside. Um, they can, I mean, I'm not going to spend a whole podcast 
on that. You've heard everything you need to hear. AD injury. LeBron wasn't playing like LeBron in the fourth. The Lakers, the others for the Lakers did not show up. And the Suns are a great team, and they capitalized. Anyway, I have the next one in the series. I think the path is open. I think they're my champions. With regarding of any injuries, I have the Nets going to the finals. Um, and yeah, James Harden, Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving. The Bucks are a great defensive team, but I think what changes the tide in this series is the loss of Dante Divincenzo. Dante Divincenzo is a great defender. He's a guy that you can put on Harden and Kyrie, and he's not gonna lock them down, but he's going to do a serviceable job. And going into a series with three prolific scorers, you need any guys that can do a serviceable job that you can get. And, yeah, guys like P.J. Tucker. Giannis, obviously, an incredible defender, but not in the perimeter. I think Giannis will be on Durant, but Giannis can't guard Harden. Giannis can't guard Kyrie. Um, Which leaves you the guy Drew Holiday will do a good job on Kyrie Irving. So you got Drew Holiday... On Kyrie, P.J. Tucker probably moving to the starting lineup. So you have P.J. Tucker on Harden. And then you have Giannis on Durant. And the Nets still have decent role players. Joe Harris, Nicholas Claxton. like. But I think that's the big what if for for Brooklyn. I can see the Bucks winning this series. If Brooklyn's others don't show up. Because there's games where Kyrie has 30, James Harden has 30, and Kevin Durant has 30. But nobody else has over nine. And that's going to be a huge problem for Brooklyn. And Giannis, Brooklyn have nobody that's going to limit Giannis. That's going to give Giannis a problem. Giannis will have a great series. If Giannis underperforms, that's going to be a huge problem. But I don't think that, um, Giannis underperforms. But I don't believe he will. Um, I, I have the series going to six. If it went to seven, I wouldn't be surprised. And I, I think the Bucks are a great team. I think the Bucks can win this series. Chris Middleton, Chris Middleton's got to step up as well. We've seen him underperform in the playoffs. Drew Holiday's got to step up on the offensive end. Well, no, he be, he'll be fine on the defensive end. Guys like Brook Lopez, they've got to be good offensively and defensively. Um, and you gotta, you have to take advantage of the Bucks, of the Nets' lack of a center. Smash it in the interior. Their lack of defense, period, really. Um, And we'll see. I think there's going to be a great series. I can't wait for the first game tonight. Um, But, yeah. I've got I've got the Nets to six. But I would not be surprised if the Bucks won it. These are two really good teams clashing heads in the first round of the playoffs. Um, Next, I don't think I'll spend that long on this one. I have the Sixers winning the series. Where they have been Joel Embiid or not. They're going to beat the Atlanta Hawks. Um, I'm not a salty Knicks fan. I, you know, they beat my team in five. The Hawks played great. The Knicks didn't have a game plan for the Hawks. Um, however, I think it ends here. Um, the Knicks were a terrible, terrible at defending the three. Very bad. They it was that times they was just like letting the Hawks shoot threes. Honestly, Julius Randle underperformed, and I don't have to go over that. All again, but I assume we'll see Ben Simmons on Trey Young, and Ben Simmons is a great defender. So if we do get Ben Simmons on Trey Young, Trey Young, that draw foul stuff is not going to work. Ben Simmons is going to play him incredibly, and it's going to rely on DeAndre Hunter playing as good as he did against the Knicks. Clint Capella being as effective he was against the Knicks. 
Um, I don't think Joel Embiid will play this series. I know it says a minor meniscus tear, a slight meniscus tear, but it's still a torn meniscus, something that normally needs therapy and surgery. That's not something you come back from in a few weeks. I am not saying he'll be out the rest of the playoffs, but I don't think he'll play this round, at least, and he shouldn't. He shouldn't. If he's not 100% healthy, they should not rush him back in this round. Because this is a series you'll win with or without Embiid to me. The Sixers are still a viable team without Embiid. Guys like Tobias Harris have to step up. Guys like Seth Curry have to step up. The defensively, the Sixers are incredible, an incredible defensive team. And I think that's going to give the Hawks some problems. With If Joel Embiid plays, I have Sixers in 5 or 4. If Joel Embiid does not play, I have the series in 6 or 5. But I have the Sixers winning the series going on, and I think we'll get a Sixers-Nets conference finals. Moving on to the West. Okay, so the 1-4 matchup between the Jazz and either Clippers or Mavericks. I'm not going to spend too much time on this because I've done this before. Um, The Warriors and the Grizzlies had to play in the play-in, and I wrote the Grizzlies off. I said the Warriors would win. Then I made my prediction for that series in the same podcast, and the Warriors lost. So, there's that. Especially because this is a series that definitely changes depending on who wins the Game 7. I would have the Clippers beating Utah. I would have the Clippers beating Utah. Six or five, I think, if they got past Dallas after being down 2-0, they'd have all the momentum in the world. And I have them going to the conference finals if that happens. And only the conference finals. We'll get into that later. But, um, yeah. If Dallas wins this series, I think Dallas could beat Utah. But I also think Rudy Colbert is going to be the X-Factor for Utah. I have Utah getting past Dallas. In so, I'll make two predictions. If the Clippers win Game 7, I have the Clippers getting past Utah in 6. If the Mavericks win the series, I have Utah getting past Dallas in 7. But if the Mavericks beat Utah, I would not be surprised. So this series depends on who wins the Game 7. I will not break it down yet because I'll probably have another podcast before that series starts. And I don't want to be wrong. So I, I will break this down a bit more if next episode, whenever that is, probably next week. So, we'll move in to the last series in the West. This is going to be interesting. Um, If the Nuggets have Jamal Murray, this definitely changes the way I predict this series. Will Barton, who might come back this series, actually. But still, to rush him back in the second round of the playoffs is going to be weird. I have the Suns in six. I have the Suns in six games. Most notably because the Denver Nuggets defense is atrocious. It's abysmal. Um, I watched every game of the Portland versus Denver series. Both teams didn't play defense. Portland considerably worse, but Denver was still very bad. It just looked like they didn't show any effort. I've seen Nurkic do spin moves and just lay it up over Jokic. Nurkic off screens and just throw it down over Jokic. Um, Damian Lillard. No. <laughs> What's better is you're not playing Damian Lillard. So it's going to be easier to play defense. However, you're still, you're still playing Devin Booker. Who's a 40-point scorer, just like Damian Lillard. Who can score as effortlessly as Damian Lillard. I have the Suns going to the finals. Regardless of who gets past Mavericks Clippers. Regardless of anything. If CP3 is healthy, if the Suns don't have any injuries, I have the Suns going to the NBA Finals. Um, I just think that beating LA gives them so much momentum. 
And if the Jazz get thrown out, they'll have home court advantage all the way through the finals. Um, And that's big. That's big for them as well. But, man, I cannot see this team losing in a seven-game series to anyone in the West. The Clippers, I don't believe in the Clippers. I'll make that clear. I am not a believer in the Clippers. They haven't showed me enough to be a believer. I have them getting past Dallas. I have them maybe getting past Utah. But I don't. I think the Suns are going to the finals. Regardless, um, besides Denver's lack of defense, I think the Suns have somebody to put on Nikola Jokic. Obviously, DeAndre Aiden will not lock down Nikola Jokic. I'm not going to lie and act like that. He will do a fine job on Jokic, though. He'll do a better job than... Um, He'll do a better job than Andre Drummond did, or Montrezl Harrell, or Marcus All. Um, even dating back to last year, he'll do a better job than Avika Zubac did. The only center that I think did a great job on Jokic dating back to last year is Rudy Gobert, and that's why that series went to seven. Jokic was having twelve point games in that series. Jamal Murray had to take over for them to win that series, and DeAndre is no Rudy Gobert. Let's get that clear. But he is a very quality interior defender. And Chris Paul, they don't have a guy to put on Chris Paul. Devin Booker, they don't have a guy to put on Devin Booker. It will be Will Burton whenever he comes back. It depends on Chris Paul's health. If Chris Paul is not playing like Chris Paul, uh, count me out on the Suns. Count me out on the Suns, whatever I just said to make the finals, whatever. Count me out. But if Chris Paul is playing like the Chris Paul we know, Devin Booker is playing like he's been playing. It's a wrap for the Western Conference. I think I have the Suns in six, and I stay very valid with that prediction. My Right now, it was Lakers-Nets. Right now, my finals prediction is Suns-Nets. But, um, as always, if you've made it to this point of the Double Trouble Podcast, thank you so much. Maybe leave a like, maybe subscribe. But this has been a Double Trouble Podcast, and I am out.